Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Genesis, chapter number three. We are in a series for the month of February uh, that we've entitled The Tortoise Versus the Hare. Uh, a corny title uh, uh, for a series, uh, but there are some uh, profound things that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to share with us uh, as it relates to this old uh, fable. If you don't uh, know the story of the tortoise versus the hare, or the turtle versus the rabbit, however you've heard it, uh, it, it just goes something like this. A, a, a turtle and a rabbit decided to have a race. Who do you think would win that race? The rabbit, okay? So, um, but the rabbit, being so arrogant and so cocky, uh, takes off uh, after the start of the race so fast that he leaves the turtle, obviously, well in the distance. He just leaves him in the dust. And the, tur- the, the, the rabbit is so far ahead of him that he says, you know what, I have time to chill out, take a nap, have a snack, call my people, check my Facebook, and just relax, because this turtle's never going to catch me. But the turtle had a pace that was consistent. The rabbit could run and burst. But it expended a lot of energy that way. But the turtle just remained consistent. The rabbit chilled so long, looking at his Facebook account, this is the updated version, that by the time he realized uh, where the race was, somebody had notified him that the turtle was ahead of the rabbit. Panic-stricken, the rabbit turns on the afterburners to catch up to the turtle. But without the turtle having to speed up, he won the race. And the rabbit was heated. Here is what I feel like the Holy Spirit is after this month. He's after your pace. Are you walking at a pace that is sustainable or are you at a pace that is unsustainable That is not only burning you out, but it's wearing you out, your family out, your children out, your life out. The kingdom is upside down. The secular world would tell you to chase your dreams. The secular world would tell you that you need to run hard after the things that you feel like you want to accomplish. The kingdom has a very consistent pace from Genesis to Revelation of walking. So over the next four weeks, we're going to hear messages that speak to that regard. Now, I'm only speaking three weeks into this message. My friend Katie Kazadi will be here the third week. If you haven't heard her speak, she is absolutely amazing, but she will still be in our series Uh, But the three weeks that I have, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, God walking, Jesus walking, and the Holy Spirit walking, because they all walk. This first message is simply entitled, God Walks. God Walks. 
Genesis chapter number three, verses eight through 10 say this. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. This is the third chapter of the entire Bible. We've seen creation unfold in chapter number one. We've seen God make man give him responsibility in chapter number two, and then we see how quickly man jacked that up in the first few verses of chapter number three. But the first description that we have of God the Spirit doing anything besides orating, speaking, opening up his mouth, and causing stuff to come out of nothing, the first description that we have of God in Scripture is that he was walking in the garden. Now, this is what we call in theology an anthropomorphic term. Big, chunky, juicy word, anthropomorphic, okay? If you can spell this on a Scrabble board, the game is over. (laughs) And I want to see your tiles because you are cheating, okay? But here's the definition of anthropomorphic. Ascribing human form or attributes to a being or thing not human, especially a deity. It's ascribing human form or attributes to a being or thing, especially a a deity. Let me give you a couple of more verses that kind of give you an indication of anthropomorphism. Ruth chapter number two, verse number 12. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Does God have wings? Right? It's an anthropomorphic term. It's it's something to describe how people feel in his presence. Here's one more. Job writes in chapter number 12, verse number 9, For they all know that my disaster has come from the hand of the Lord. Does God have hands? He's a spirit, but he's described in all of these different ways because through these anthropomorphic terms, we are trying to get an understanding of who he is. The Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and they are safe. Is the Lord a strong tower, though? Well, which one is he? Is he, is he a hand? Does he walk? Does he, does, does, does he nurse people? Does he have wings? Does he have feathers? These are all words to describe who he is. But make no mistake, I think it's incredible that the first thing described about God is that he walks. Because if he started running, we'd never catch him. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm chasing hard after God? Stop. <laughs> like, why, why are you doing that? He's right there. Walking. He wants you to catch him. Any parents in here ever played tag with your kids? You want them to catch you. 
<laughs> oh, no, stop. Oh, man. Oh. oh, I can't believe you caught me. I want to be pursued by my children, but I actually want them to catch me. So why would I be at a pace that they could never do it? Chasing hard after God. I'm running after God with all of my heart. Stop running. He wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to walk out that relationship with you. Point number one, let me give you, God wants to walk with us. It's that simple. God wants to walk with us. Genesis chapter number five, verses 23 and 24. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. This is one of the most gangster scriptures in the entire Bible. If I'm being completely honest, that's the relationship I want with the Lord. I want to walk closely with him till God goes, you're just, oh, come here. And I'm just gone, like evaporated, no rapture, y'all still here, I'm just out by myself because I just walked with him that closely. He, he, he wants to walk in close fellowship with you. Enoch walked with, with God at such a close relationship that God was just like, you know what, just come home now. And he was just gone. I love the way uh, uh, King James writes it, uh, Enoch walked with God and then was not. <laughs> just, he's gone. Bam. Okay. So uh, Genesis chapter number six, verse number nine says this. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Let me give you Genesis chapter number 48, verse number 15. This is Jacob talking uh, as he's coming to the end of his life and blessing his children and grandchildren. Then he blessed Joseph and said, may the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day. Can I share something with you about shepherds? They don't run. Shepherds do not run because sheep do not run. And if you ever see, see a sheep running, it's a sad sight. They just look like little clouds hovering over the meadows. They're not, they weren't even created to run. They were created to walk. And God as shepherd walks us and guides us through the vicissitudes of our life, the ups and downs, the changes of our lives. He wants to walk relationally with you. That is great news. That is something everybody in here should be excited about right now, that God wants to have a relationship with me and he's patient enough to walk it out. We just talked about Abraham in the month of January. For an entire month, God walked with Abraham for 25 years. Well, actually 100. He gave his life to God when he was 75. He died at 175, 100 years of Abraham's life was walking with God. And through that walk, having incredible revelations 
along the way. Uh, uh, there used to be uh, a show, uh, millennials will not get this reference at all, uh, but there used to be a show called The Love Connection, and uh, Chuck Woolery is like the dude. So uh, uh, on Love Connection, you would have one person on uh, one side of the wall and then three people on the other side of the wall, and then they would be pitching, you know, hey, if I went out with you, what would you take me to do? And if I went out with you, and everybody's trying to impress the other, uh, uh, outdo the other person's, you know, uh, thing. Well, I would take you on my Ferrari for a ride, and oh, you have a Ferrari. And then somebody else was like, I'll take you on an elaborate dinner. And then you always have like the really sensitive guy. I was just, I would like to hold your hand, <laughs> take you on a long walk, and just learn about you. And the Ferrari guy and the big dinner ticket guy are like, ha, you're weak. And then Chuck is like, have you made your selection? She's like, yes. I want to go on a date with the guy who's going to hold my hand and walk with me. Well, I have a lot of money. I was going to give you a fine meal. Yeah, you wanted to impress me with stuff, but neither one of you wanted to know who I am. You can't get to know somebody running. Hi. You're amazing. Huh? Words get shorter when you're running. They get longer when you're walking. Let me give you two primary things God wants to do as he's walking with you. Point number two, write this down. God wants to walk us out of bondage. Ha! Woo-hoo! That's good stuff. Church is dismissed. Y'all have a great day. You should get to Cracker Barrel before the Baptist. Go ahead. All right. God wants to walk us out of bondage. Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 11. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. So God is about to take the children of Israel out of 400 years of bondage and slavery uh, in Egypt, and here's what he tells them to do. I want you to eat standing up. I'm about to do something amazing. I want you to eat standing up. You should put the blood on the doorposts outside. The death angel's going to pass over. Eat standing up. Get everything. Take your walking stick. Because when I get ready to deliver you, you're not going to run out of here. You're going to walk out of here. This ain't the movie Taken. I don't have to come and get my kids back and shoot everybody. No, 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 no. With my strong hand, you're going to see this deliverance. You will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And when I get ready to walk you out of here, you will not have to speed up. I'm just going to walk you out. So he prepares them by saying, get your walking stick. Because I'm going to walk you out of bondage. Here's the next scripture, Exodus chapter number 14, verse 16. Pick up your staff, he says to Moses, and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Exodus 14, So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. 
After it happened, they all broke out in dance and singing. And here's what it says in Exodus 15, 19. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers rushed, they were running. They were running after the children of Israel to try to get them back into bondage. When the charioteers rushed into the sea, the Lord brought the water crashing down on them. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Can I, let, me, let me just paint this picture for you. Okay. They started walking out of Egypt. Pharaoh was like, what did we just do? I can't believe we just let the entire workforce, the backbone of Egypt, walk out the front door with our gold on their backs, no less. So we need to get these people back and we need to get our money back. Okay? They start walking. The, 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 the people jump in their fast, swift horses. While these people are walking out of bondage, the enemy starts running after them. You would think the children of Israel would go, ah! And start running, but they just kept walking. But, but, but if I'm walking and the enemy's running after me, they're going to catch me. No, because you have God. And he wasn't just leading them. He was also in the middle of them, and he was also in the back of them. So he places that same cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. He, instead of it going this way, okay, horizontally, he puts it vertically. In between the enemy and the people. And here's what he says to his kids. Y'all keep walking. But the enemy's right behind me. No worries. Just keep walking. I can hold them back. I'll make them run in circles before they catch you. When I, when, when I intend to deliver you, I intend to do it so completely and thoroughly that you can enjoy and savor every moment of it, every step of the way. He says... I can hold them back. So, so they, they walked through, walk through the sea on dry ground with water on either side, probably fascinated. This is amazing. I can't believe this happened. This is awesome. Wow. And then when they safely got to the other side, uh, uh, he lifts his barrier, the enemy comes rushing in, and the same thing they just traveled safely through, the enemy drowned in. Now, the next verse, you have to read it because it's, it's, it's fantastic. This is how you know that uh, Moses was leading a Pentecostal charismatic church. <laughs> because the very next verse, Miriam pulls out her tambourine. <laughs> and probably like eight people put out flag banners and just started like... It was like, it turned into like a legit thing, okay? But God wants to walk us out of bondage. It doesn't matter what you've been wrapped up in. God can walk you out of it. I, I need to hurry up and get, get this off me, and, and, and I, I need freedom, and I, and, and I, I need a breakthrough. You, you're going to get your breakthrough. Just calm down and walk it out. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Stop being so hard on yourself. I thought I ought to be past this by now. I should be over this by now. I'm growing in the things of God. I can't believe I'm still struggling in this area. Uh, you are a frail human. And there's probably some issues that's happened in your past that have given you some PTSD. You don't get over PTSD with some olive oil on your forehead 
in a 30-second prayer. You walk out of it. And God is patient enough with his kids to walk you up out of bondage. He was patient enough with the children of Israel that he allowed them to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. You know what he was doing? He was cleansing their minds from the trauma that they had experienced in Egypt because he intended for them to get to Canaan and be able to enjoy it and keep it. He walked them out of bondage. Point number three, write this down. God wants to walk us into blessings. <laughs> now, this is where you really have to get back to the Bible and stop rehearsing kind of the corporate America version of the, of the scriptures that you may have heard in the past. God wants you to have a breakthrough. God's about to do, he's about to turn it around in 24 hours. By this time tomorrow, wow! Oh! It's about to be different for you. God can change it in 24 hours, but that doesn't mean you have to, that you have to speed up. He'll bring it to you. You don't have to run after it. Chase your dreams. God has a breakthrough for you. If God gave you the dream, why would he make you chase it? I'm waiting for an answer. Joseph had a dream. He didn't chase it. He walked into it. Here's what it says in, in uh, Joshua chapter number six, verses one through five. This is so good. Uh, uh, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your men, you and your fighting men should march, underline that word, mark it, highlight it, however you got to do, pay attention to it. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast of the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Let me give you the definition of march. To walk, <laughs> the end. I proved my point. Let's go eat. Okay. I think I'm hungry. Um, to walk with regular and measured tread as soldiers on parade advance in step in an organized body. Here's another definition, to walk in a stately, deliberate manner. Do you know how they walked into their blessing of Canaan? In a stately and deliberate manner. Here is how God wanted them to walk into the blessing. Hey, I'm going to give you Canaan. This first territory is Jericho. It's straightly shut up. Nobody wants you in there. There's no way in. There's no way out. It is straightly shut up. How you want us to get it? Walk. But how, don't we need ladders or something? No, just walk. Walk where? Walk around. Walk around where? Walk around this problem. Because I'm going to give it to you. 
Don't charge it. Don't rush up to it. You don't have to. Yeah, just walk. I'm going to get a breakthrough. God's about to open up the windows of heaven in my life. God's setting me up for something that he wants to give me. It's going to be absolutely profound. God has a generational blessing on my family. God has promotion that he is bringing into my life. God is going to bless my business. I'm going to have more employees and more revenue this year than I've ever had before. Well, what are you going to do? Are you about to go seize the territory? Are you about to stay up for 15 hours and grind and work hard? No. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to give me some rest. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to walk around it again. What are you going to do after that? Go home, take a nap. Wake up and walk around it again. Then what you going to do? Go home, play some video games, thank you, and get up and walk around it again. Because if he said he was going to give it to me, the only thing I have to do is the same thing I was doing before he told me he was going to give it to me. I was walking with him when I didn't have it. I'm going to walk with him to get it, and I'm going to walk with him after I get it. I don't have to speed up. The relationship that, God, that I have with God allows me to walk into blessings. Well, I'm on my grind. I'm grinding. I'm out here trying to get it. It's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hear me. If you are on your grind, let me tell you exactly what you're going to do. You're going to grind yourself out. God didn't call you to grind. He called you to walk. God didn't call you to hustle. He called you to walk. God didn't call you to strive in your own strength so that you could get credit. He told you to walk in his so that he could get glory. I know I'm talking to somebody in this room. Listen, listen, this month, your pace is going to change. Your pace is going to change. You think God needs your help, don't you? you th- oh, you stayed up to 1130. Oh. You're so cute. Oh, you knocked down all, you got the emails back to zero before you went to bed. You're such an achiever. Go to bed. The blessings of the Lord make you rich. And they don't add bags under your, I'm sorry, sorrow. I'm trying to, just trying to get the Bible right. He has no sorrow with it. Now, for all you lazy people out there that feel like this message lets you off the hook from having a work ethic, he didn't say lay down. You do have to walk. You can carry more weight walking than you can running. If I, if I put 100 pounds on your back, and you start running, and I put 100 pounds on my back, and I start walking, I will eventually pass you. I will call the ER for you. Make sure you get some oxygen. Make sure you get an IV in your arm. But I'm going to walk right past you and be like, wow, how's that working out for you? God wants to give you some incredible things this year. But you won't do it at a pace that is unsustainable. 
well, you don't understand. I'm, I feel like I'm losing resources, and I'm, there's, there's been such a shift in my life, and, and I'm trying to get it all back. That don't, you stop trying to get it back and just be obedient to the last thing he told you to do. And if you do that, walking in a close relationship with him, that requires that you spend some time with him. That requires that you read your Bible. That requires for you to have some time to pray. You won't be running to your destination and then praying, oh, by the way, God, would you help me up here? You'll be walking, having a conversation, and hear him say, oh, I forgot to tell you. Remember I told you I was going to do something for you, but I didn't say what? It's that right there. <gasps> That's it right there? Yeah, yeah. Let's walk over there so you can see it. I'm going to give all of this to you because I just like you, and you decided to walk with me. I really appreciate that. God walks. So should you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.